0: All right, as you guys can see, we are back today. We have a very, very, very special guest. We are joined by former U.S. Marine of the Year, West Virginia University leading rusher, seven-time author, and movie creator of Heroes from Heaven, Dr. Scott Glenn, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's West Virginia Tech all-time leading rusher, and actually it's eight books. <laughs> there we go. We're joined by a very special guest, Dr. Scott Glenn. He's here to join us today. Kind of just going to go through it real quick. The Greatest Merch on Turf Store back up and running. Click the link in the description to check that out. And
1: Ready? Yeah. So I want to take the first question. This is a question I've been trying to ask you or wanting to ask you for a very long time. As an Oklahoma fan and as a former coach, so you know the Lincoln Riley situation. Yes. You know the Brian Kelly situation in Notre Dame. Yes. So you're a new coach. Right. And you're coming into that, one of those two programs. How do you get control of a locker room with a bunch of players that – just lost the guy that they arguably committed to, um, a guy that they thought was going to get him in the NFL. How do you take control of the situation, and how do you regain res- – not regain respect, but how do you, you get respect to the players?
2: Well, first of all, those coaches are intelligent. It's almost like making a business move. They're going to do their research first, all right? They're going to do their research, the people that they know are going to research the college, the culture, and make sure it's a good fit. Once you get there and you have your meetings with the student-athletes, they're going to get a Fels U as well. Um, Evidently, they wouldn't make the choice if they didn't think the place was the right fit and the right culture, you know, from the research that they do. So they're more or less going to be themselves. Lincoln Riley, he's a hot topic out there. And Kelly is as well. So once they do their research on the culture of the school, just be themselves, be honest and be true. Be a motivator and be positive and and make sure it's contagious.
0: Yeah, um, in terms of like... We talked about it last week on the podcast. Like, do you think, like, do you, like, as an Oklahoma fan, like Ryan, obviously, felt some type Mm -hmm. of way about, like, Lincoln Riley, even say, like, do you, uh, like, do you see both sides of it? Or, like, do you see more like, oh, the players, like, oh, coach left, like, screw that guy. Or you, like, do you, like, kind of, like, agree with Lincoln Riley, like, why he left? Like, like,
2: well, first of all, it's a business. And the main thing is communication that happened to me myself when i went from cop, from high school head coach to college if you teach the student athletes about life from day one you have to be consistent i always told when i taught at Unionville high school about the family make sure that you understand that one day your children are going to leave let them leave prepare them to leave so when i left they already knew what the family was about as far as the team and why they were here not just to play football but to play as a team, to take care of each other as a family, and to be committed. So um, I can see how the the players feel. But if you prepare them beforehand and let them know that nothing lasts forever, and if it's for a good move for both of us, then it's time to move on. And you see the same thing with the pro. Uh, what is it? The um, when the students are transferring through the um, the transfer portal. Portal, yes, mm-hmm. transfer portal. It's a it's a two way street now. So and students aren't leaving just because they're unhappy. They see other opportunities, especially when they can get paid, which yeah. we'll see in the future as well.
1: I think the thing is, though, with Kelly and Lincoln, and why people were so upset, is because, like the way they left. Um, like yeah. Kelly, did he, I don't even think he talked to Notre Dame. I think he just left. And Lincoln Riley talked to Oklahoma for about five minutes, like the players, yeah, and then just up and left. Again, I think that's the
2: that's the way we see it. People are getting to feel the room, the environment, the culture at the time. Sometimes it's not the right time to go back to talk. You may That's wait true. a little while to go back. You may do it then. But some people that are back to school may have told them, now's not the time. They're upset. Move on. So we're in a different day and age. And it's all about timing and uh, communication. So I take it you're a fan of the transfer
0: portal? Because I know some people like that are rolling to college football like don't like it or like think that it shouldn't be a thing. I take it you like it based on the way you talked about I it. I like it. I would
2: like it as an athlete, student athlete. But yes, as man. a coach, I'd be paranoid and nervous. And students will pick up on that, uh, and that could be to their advantage, and as a coach, not to my advantage. So coaching right now is kind of difficult, but you have to be able to adjust. And it's it, it's it's going to be a a situation where it's going to be tough to adjust as a coach. So what
0: about um, my on coaches? You see the whole like Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher going back and forth. What do you think of that whole debacle that they are going on in the media? Well,
2: you know what the the, the, the Portal and the pressure to win, to uh, to maintain winning, uh, your true feelings come out sometime whether you want to or not. You yeah, gotta remember the students, the coaches—they're people; they're human beings. There's a lot going on right now, and uh, competition will make you do some crazy things at times. So, hey. After you say it, you can't take it back. <laughs> Especially not when you say right. it out loud damn, Not when buddy. you <laughs> say it out loud. <laughs> out here, when you're the biggest it name is. in college football. <laughs> exactly. And, to, uh, you know, the pressure to win, you know, he's like the greatest coach of all time, you know, give or take with Bear Bryant. and um, But um, it's tough to maintain that that championship attitude as being number one. Especially when you see someone creeping up, your competition's creeping up behind you. And a good example, Jimbo beat him last year, yeah, so that Jimbo's like a threat. So that probably was on his mind in thinking the other coaches he coached, and as well as Lincoln Riley out there at USC, things are going to be tough this year.
1: Do you yep. think the so they were basically arguing about like NIL in mm-hmm. terms of. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimbo bought all, his, uh, bought all his players. That's, That's essentially what I think. Like do you think that the NIL is good right now as it stands? Because there are teams, like, USC just bought the receiver from Pittsburgh for, like, $2.5 million. Yeah. And they just paid him two point five. million, said, come here. And then he transferred to USC. The guy from Tennessee got paid $8 million to go be a quarterback. Do you think that it is good right now as it stands? Or do you think that schools shouldn't be able to, like, pay for a player? It should be, like, they should be putting them in – Places to get money, not well, necessarily pay them.
2: to be... Well, here's the thing: you got to be careful with the word "pay." Um, are they doing things by the rules? Well, they're yes. <laughs> and, and here we're playing, with, yeah. right? We're <laughs> playing with words because if it was illegal, someone would do something about it. But yes, we're going to have to make some adjustments and be more communicative of what we mean about, you know, in terms of the rules and regulations. But right now, you know, no rules are being broken. And
1: well, that's, that was kind of my question. Do you think the rules are good right now? Because technically, yes, they're playing by the rules. But do you think that the rules should be adjusted? They have
2: to be adjusted. Okay. They have to be adjusted because you'll see student-athletes running for money everywhere. One year, you're, you can see people transferring two, three times in their career just to get money. Yeah. So we're going to have to make some adjustments uh, as far as financials and student-athletes getting paid, yes.
1: But, I mean, every, every program you have to make adjustments. Technically, right. So... I mean,
0: let's be real. Let's not an act like players haven't been getting money to begin with. I mean, it's well again. Like
2: I said, you're playing with words, it's, right? It's, it's uh, true. Some things have been brought to light. Some people have been caught. Some haven't. Uh-huh. But um, with the competition, it always has happened. It always will. But as far as with the new rules, I think we have to adjust some things a little bit to level the playing field. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm a fan, though. I mean, I like it how a college, like players can use their own name to make money, Like especially in this day and age with the social media and how much everything's progressing. But I do like how like, the rules should be changed because then it's affecting, co- like you said, affecting coaches and right. affecting players transferring three, four times in right. four years just to chase a check. Like, and
1: how they literally, like, kids can't work. Our yeah. guest last week was like, yeah, I only work during, it yeah. was the summer? Yeah, he mm-hmm. said
0: he only works during the summer.
2: So you have to be careful, too, because you have to, walk. what about the, outstanding person that plays in the band now they want to come to college and they want to get paid as well what about the other sport you know all yeah. the other sports so we're going to have to make some rules and level the paying field because um, you can't true. discriminate other people such as the band what about the cheerleaders what about the dance team i guess they'll
1: just go with the thought process of whatever brings in more money and, 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 and that's general. going to bring in fights, uh, of course.
2: Well, you can say that now, but when's the last time you checked the the women's soccer team?
1: That's what that's what I mean. Like they're just going to pay yeah. football players and right. basketball players, but they ain't going right. to show no love to literally anybody. Especially else. So, like the
0: big time schools. Exactly. I like, think Alabama's going to go spend millions on their uh, soccer team. Like Alabama's biggest
1: there'll be powerhouses yeah. in different things. Like yeah. Alabama will probably or USC will go control. Football and then North Carolina will literally be the king of basketball,
2: and then you got to remember the other divisions: one, double way, division two, Mm -hmm. and division three. Some athletes are going to get smart and say, "You know what? I'm going to play division two, be an all-American, and get paid there." So it's going to it's going to spread out more ways than one, different avenues in terms of athletes getting paid.
0: That's true. I mean, and then you might have schools fighting. Like I mean, you see Alabama and Texas A and M; they were coaches beefing in the media then. You know, behind the scenes now, they're working behind the scenes, trying to bring in top right. recruits, paying, I mean. Well, look what
2: Deion Sanders did. <laughs> yeah. Perfect so, example. So, Deion. Uh, we're going to have to level the playing field because it's going to go down different avenues and channels where it could get out of control if we don't fix the rules.
1: I'd say schools that are in, like, the center of the country are pretty much done. And that's, like, Texas. Like if you're on the coast you're probably fine but like if you're right if you're Utah you're done.
2: <laughs> one thing about a business and money there's always a price yeah. no matter where you are and you yeah. keep that in consideration I know what you're saying in terms of the cities and metropolitan areas yeah. but there's always a price doesn't matter where you're the are.
1: thing is that like they have the money like the like the coast have the money yeah. And they have the scenery and it's they have like, the endorsements like yeah. you go to la to have like money
0: well it's like the same with the NBA like I mean, you always talk about like Free agents ain't going to San Antonio, San Antonio like you always said. No. It's like they're going to go to the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks suck, but there's always free agents that are like, oh, New York is such a big market. The Nets were absolutely horrible. And then they got KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and it's like, boom. Yeah. I mean, just because New York is such a big market. It's like I see what you're saying about how like the middle, like the central United States good luck, countries. Utah. Yeah, good luck, Utah. <laughs> That's what he said. Is there... um? So, you played in college, obviously. Is there, like, back to your playing days, is there any players that you modeled your game after? Uh. Like, because there wasn't, like, YouTube. Right. So, you couldn't go watch highlights of, like, your favorite player. So, like, is there, like, a player you modeled your game after? I
2: would say Tomlinson, maybe. Or I used to always, before him, I would say Tony Dorsett and... Kirk Warner, not the quarterback, but mm-hmm. the running back Kurt from Penn Warner State. I met him um, at a sports autograph signing show a couple right. months ago. I would say Kirk, mixed between Kirk Warner and Tony Dorsett. Okay. Really? In terms of their play style and like play style, uh, Tony Dorsett, speed wise, agility. Kirk Warner, because I was strong, I could put my shoulder down as well. You know, cut. Down the <laughs> of, yeah.
1: Weightlifting so. champ for the Marines.
2: Powerlifting <laughs> champion, one eighty one weight in a uh, second tank division. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, what are all
1: the places that you coached at? I know I saw, like, Albright, Unionville, Kutztown, mm-hmm. too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: started out at Unionville, Chadsford as assistant coach. Okay. I became head coach in 2002, 2003. Left there to go to Albright. From Albright, I went to Pottstown, defensive coordinator. From Pottstown, I went to Kutztown, which is their, their best season ever, the first time in 2010, first national appearance.
1: They're coming yeah, back. Marquis Lewis is bringing them back. Marquis right. Lewis is <laughs> bringing them back, baby. Um, so a question about that is you used to be a Marine. How did that translate into coaching, like if it did at all? Like, Well, first, sure of, all, it did, first of
2: all, I'm still
1: a Marine. <laughs> okay, my, my – I slide. know what you mean. Um,
2: leadership, teamwork, preparation. Um, the Marine Corps really, not just as a coach, but as a person kind of transformed my life, too. Even as a professor and a teacher – uh, helps you to your discipline, um, true teamwork, and true leadership—not just talking about it, but explaining it. Exp- you know, displaying it yourself, and um, it's contagious. I wrote an article, national article, called uh, "Adding Motivation to Coaching Concepts Can Be Self-Contagious," and it's true. And that's the way I coached, and that's the way I like to teach as well. Be contagious in your teaching, and your leadership, and teamwork—not perfect, but um, contagious, so that everybody's getting better. Every day.
1: Is that where you learn the great Victory Formation from? The victory Formation, that comes from
2: uh, Unionville. <laughs> uh, I would always go like this because, you know, talking about the birds, how they fly uh, to their destination in such an aerodynamic way. They can't do it by themselves, so they fly in that Victory Formation to uh, break through the wind. And while they're flying, uh, if one gets sick or whatever, a couple fall off, um, they take turns leading from the top of the V and they communicate well by honking. So that's victory formation. So, And you probably heard of uh, the, the movie Rudy. Yeah talk about yeah. victory formation Rudy. at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Victory formation, that means it's over. Take a knee and it's over. But um, I used it in terms of the birds flying. And I, some of my players that I used to coach, I still keep in touch with them, such as uh, Jay Boswick, who's moved different parts of the country, Texas, Minnesota, I think he's in Virginia now. Every year, he sho- shows me a picture of his family on a Christmas card, and we talk about victory formation.
1: Every time I see this man in public, I will throw up the V from now on, And when you see the birds
2: flying, you always think about it as well. I, I always do. I know you do. Too. Yeah. And at, at work,
1: at work at a golf course, there's at least 40 beats, <laughs> and I see feet. it every single day. <laughs> and I'm waiting to get shit on by one yeah. of them. It's funny now. It's it's, fine.
2: Class lecture, victory formation. (laughs) Victory formation. Talk with us, I mean. Anything in life. You you can tell your sixers that. I tried to tell (sighs) you guys that. I tell you guys that. Might as well start it now. In order for it it to work, you have to have appropriate leadership and teamwork. And then you'll see red flags from the people, what they say and what they do. All right? So it was only a matter of time before we found out what the real deal was.
1: Well, why don't you tell them what you told me? You said... Keep Maxie, mm-hmm. get rid of the rest, mm-hmm. and send it.
2: I actually I actually <laughs> said I would have done a blockbuster trade of getting rid of Embiid if the numbers are right and the people were right to start rebuilding now. As of right now, I would build that team around Maxie. Okay. So well, how do you feel about that?
1: As a avid Joe Embiid guy, as a James Harden jersey owner.
0: Listen, I don't think that, that the Sixers, I mean – Sixers like say what you want. Playing Philly sports is hard. Joel Embiid is a fan favorite. He's always been. The fans love a guy. Like they're saying. Like I mean, we saw Carson Wentz got ran out of Philly. I mean, we're gonna see if Jalen Hurts sucks, he's gonna get ran out of Philly. We saw Ben Simmons get absolutely ran out of Philly. They love Embiid. Playing good or bad, they love him. Joel Embiid's the best player in basketball. He should have been the MVP. Got snubbed from all NBA. I don't think you can sit here and don't let him say his stuff. I don't think you. you can sit here and justify trading the best center in the best center in basketball, the MVP snub, everybody knows. Even Jason Tatum knows it. Jason Tatum went on Twitter and publicly advocated that Embiid got snubbed. He's still better, though. I, I don't think... That's not true. I don't think you can justify going and trading Embiid. Especially, I mean, that will lose all the fans. Just looking at it from my perspective, I mean, the fans, they're so bought into the whole, pro- I know you hate the process, but as the Sixers fan, so bought into the process and Joel Embiid, I think you lose the fans and I think that I just don't think you can justify any reason to trade Joel Embiid. I mean, he hasn't really done anything to warrant a trade. Like Ben Simmons, obviously, the mental health and the injuries and him just playing bad, but I don't think Joel has warranted a trade or really done anything the to, thing is,
2: to answer that question. Ryan, you took my classes. We talked about opportunity costs, right? Yes, sir. Opportunity costs (laughs) is a trade-off. You want to trade off the fans and the way they feel, or do you want a championship? So everything that you said, two words we talked about, victory formation, leadership, and teamwork. He's not a leader, and he's not a winner, and the years are passing by. Popularity, yes, he has a lot of popularity, but is he preparing himself to win, and is he a leader? And when you're promoting yourself for the most valuable player, that that's a red flag. First of all, politics are politics. If you're good, you're good. You're not worried about that. If it comes, it comes. And you know sooner or later it's going to have to come. But if you have to promote yourself, right, and then a year before that you didn't play the whole season, there's an injury, even in the last, first of all, what was it? It went from the before the his, his to finger eye, his thumb to his face, which was, you know, then all of a sudden his back, like he was looking for excuses to be, you know, petty. And my wife used to sit there and count. Well, how many times is he going to fall on the floor? Okay. <laughs> so, I, think we've all I mean, I, I, I think we've every, all you're falling on the floor. Not just one game. This is every game. You're falling on the understand. floor. Okay. So, he's a heck of a talent. Probably one of the best out there. And that's what we look at sometimes. All right, we got to look at the benefits cost analysis. Yeah, he can make three-pointers and big, but is he consistent? Is he a leader and is he a winner? No. And the results speak for themselves. Is he contagious? Maxie's Maxie. That's not from Embiid. If anything, maxi's play helps, helps them and the others. So at this point, unless we wave a magic wand, nothing's going to change. And I always said this, even with Carson. I said, he'll probably win a championship, but it won't be in Philly. And b will probably win, but if it does, it's not going to be in Philadelphia.
1: And we've also said that he won't win as the best player on the team. And when he is, you've also he
2: won't that. be. Right. No, we've said that. We've said it. Not you. Yeah, we've said it. <laughs> we have said that. Here's a good example of a winner in leadership. Giannis got booed at the foul line. A true leader blocks all of that out and says, I don't care, I'm still going to try to make it. And his foul has gotten better. His motor stays the same from the beginning. To the end of the game and he's a leader and it's contagious
1: same with maxi in the scene with max and shake right.
2: yep and so, the rest everybody else was just had their head is on that's right. it um first of all when he found out he didn't get mvp he quit on his team his level of play just dropped that's not a leader that's selfish that's saying i didn't get mvp so I don't care. and the, the greatest thing is to win the championship. What would you rather win, a championship or MVP?
1: A finals MVP is just as valuable as an MVP. Right.
2: So when he did that and all of a sudden his level of play dropped, yes, he was injured, but his level of play dropped once he didn't get MVP. And that was a red flag. Like, he's not a leader. He's not a winner. So so, uh, hypothetically
0: speaking, what is a trade? Is probably more directed towards you. I don't know how in tune you are in the NBA. What does a trade package for Joel Embiid look like?
1: Probably just uh to the Mavericks. <laughs> Forgive us, Luca. <laughs> yeah, okay. Luca's better than a beat. Um, to the Mavericks. You're probably to you, you could squeeze out Jalen Brunson. I don't you know if he would fit on the team. It will be a bunch of picks. You guys gotta rebuild again. Give us yeah. LeBron and Wayne Ellington. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, call Wayne. it would be good to come back home, to Um, Those of you who don't know Wayne Wayne Ellington is my cousin, but um. I think they could get a lot. It all depends on when they do it. It's true. You'd have to do it now because you mess around and you lose in the first round or don't get there next year, your picks are going to be limited. And he's... Okay? It's almost like driving a car off the lot. And he's 28 years old. The value goes down as soon as you drive it off the lot. Depreciation. Depreciation. His depreciation is getting kind of low right now. He's only got three years
1: for being generous. Because, I mean, he's 28 now and right one centers don't make it that long exactly and And two he's definitely not the center that will make it that long if
2: they do two things people when i talk about the victory formation the leadership and teamwork when you start seeing the red flags falling on the ground making excuses that tells you something right there all right carson started out a bottle of lightning then after a while we saw some lead. we heard we're like whoa and we never thought Carson's not a leader, mm-hmm. right? So all of a sudden you hear some things that he's not real good with his teammates. Yeah, right? And then his consistency on the field, he was injured too. And going to Indianapolis, they're like, okay, now we'll see the Carson we first thought. We didn't see it. So <laughs> he's innocent. To it's like Embiid. The red flags are there. We can sit here and talk all oh, the, the fans like Embiid beat, or they like Carson. The red flags are being shown. All right? right. Leadership and teamwork. And your um, your availability as well.
1: I think Hurts is the complete opposite of those guys, and they're going to chase him out of Philly. Because I think his only argument might be talent, but if you look at leadership and teamwork, he
2: has that. He and has leadership so and out. teamwork, and he's a hard worker. He was uh, coached well by his father and his college coaches, but I think his his window, you know, his cat, his roof, his ceiling, his ceiling. He's right. He's right there. You're not going to get a whole bunch more out of him now. They did, Howie did a good job this year. Uh-huh, he uh-huh. give Howie credit. He, oh, has some, he has some weapons. The defensive coordinator has some weapons. I think they'll win the division. I really oh, think they'll Dom. win the division. Easy, <laughs> easy. easy, easy. Dallas Cowboys' biggest fan right here. That's nah, nah, Easy, dog. They're, nah, they're, they're going to win the division.
1: Third. I'll put lunch on Goldie. Lunch on Goldie for that. Eagles will win the division. I'll put lunch on Goldie for that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you lunch, dinner, and breakfast. Eagles <laughs> will me win me that Dak. division.
1: Give me Dak. Eagles <laughs> win that division. That's, that's, that's tough. I give mean, me I Dak, Michael Parsons, and we'll just send
0: it. I want to say Washington, but they had Carson. You got to remember. I don't want to think the Giants
2: will be anything. One thing with Washington, they have a good defense, but their offense is subpar, so that defense will be on the field longer, and they'll get exposed.
1: And then when the defense is on the field longer, they're, they're tired.
2: They're tired. Yeah, then they're going to look at Carson like, yep, same on Carson. So, <laughs> and it's probably not going I to be. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think the Eagles win that division. You think the so? The team that you better look out for overall, I think, is San Diego Chargers. Look out for the Chargers. Right yeah. that one down there, too.
1: They they made, when you get Khalil Mack, you kind of. Right. In and there, definitely,
2: you definitely boost up a little bit. Look out right. for the Chargers. The AFC is stacked. And I think it's
0: a, whoever's healthy, which is a you know you. Take I think Buffalo's, As a Patriots fan, it pains me to say I think Buffaloes do. Buffalo's do. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I'd probably put my money on an NFC team. The to teams are going or to beat up on each other so bad, and this is going to be. A there, a. I'm, I'm talking winning
0: the Super Bowl. I'm taking Tampa, and it's not close. Oh, okay. I'm I'm taking Tampa to win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's going out. I'm saying come out of the AFC. though. I think it's. I'm thinking. I'm saying Buffalo, Tampa, Super Bowl. That was my prediction. The end of when Tom Brady came back, and I'm sticking with it. Buffalo Tampa, yeah. The
2: parity's pretty well spread out, especially in the AFC. Um, whoever stays healthy, I think uh, we'll be okay. Yep, yeah. Sucks for the Patriots. Everyone got so much better, and the Patriots just you
0: had bad. your time. I know that's yeah. just like you with the Spurs. We talked you, about it you had your when we the right. other day. I was like, uh, Our time is it's all gone. Yep, we I, had our time, and that window closed. That ship has sailed, indeed.
1: How do you feel about the Steelers? I know you're a big Steelers guy, Kenny. Kenny Smallhands. Kenny Smallhands. Small I love yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hometown guy. Uh,
2: I think, though, it's going to be tough because they're in a tough division. But they're very well coached, and their organization is well-led. You talk about victory formation, they're well-led, and they're, they're contagious. If you ever get a chance to go to a Steelers game, you can feel it and see it. Um, you won't hear a lot of booing unless it's necessary. They don't boo every time something goes wrong. Um, it's just who they, it's that culture from the still city, from the still plant back in the day. They're a reflection of the still city from back in the 70s and 80s. And that culture has carried over to the children and grandchildren and it's still in the organization and the team. So when they go out and they recruit, um, uh, they make sure that it's it's the stiller way Mm -hmm. and it's that environment, that culture. They don't, don't, I don't want to say, get anxiety and get nervous they maintain; or level-headed about what they do in terms of trading and bringing people in. They don't, they don't fret real easy.
1: I love Tomlin; like I've mm. always backed them. Do you think that culture's falling off though a little bit? Because you know that A uh, B and Bell, and then well, we had like the Juju and Claypool. Well,
2: one thing you have to remember is the culture okay. itself hasn't. Some of the players have, and when okay. that happens, that sure. they'll eliminate themselves, and what happens? That's, they, that's literally what they all did. They, they, they eliminate themselves, yeah. and you know what? When they left, they're, they're, they may shoot little trickle or gadgets of being good, but they're never the same. Bell didn't understand his running style was because of the line that he had at Pittsburgh. You think that you're going to carry it somewhere else? To, it's a whole different line. Yeah, they I were doing it. him a little bit wrong. Right.
1: They weren't. They weren't. They
2: weren't taking care of him. Well, that you know, that's the business aspect of it. I can see, but you know, a lot of times you get frustrated and you don't know, do your research, and you think things are going to be just as good, and they're not. I mean, that just goes into the, your argument with the whole
0: paying running backs thing. Right. Mean, he wanted $15 million a year. I,
2: it's almost like when you guys graduate, you got to do your research on your jobs, make sure you're a good fit. It can't just be about the money. You got to take who's your boss, where you're working at, what city it's in, what town it's in, and weigh all those options. And when you get to that job, uh, things may be pretty good. It's never going to be a perfect job. But things get wrong, you may think, oh, I'm going to get out of here. It'll be different for me. Then you go somewhere else, you're like, wow, I should have stayed where I was. (laughs) Same thing with um, the NFL. It's a business. Find out where your good fit is. Do your research, you know, and uh, things will take care of itself.
1: So how do you – so what you just said, how do you compare that to a transfer portal? Because you kind of just said grass isn't always greener. It's not. Um, So do you think kids should do more research before just going to school? Well, yes.
2: Yes, and I'm sure that they do. And not just research on their own, they need to talk to other people about where they're going, also where they're at. You talk to the right person, they may say, it's a good fit where you're at, especially if they're young, they don't know. You dangle a carrot like that, you go to another school, and next thing you know, it's not as good as where you were. So um, that all is a communication thing with parents, people within the college, and your network who you're tied to. But one thing we got to remember, not all student-athletes have the network to talk to them you know I don't want to sure. say names and stuff so it's a little bit different and they learn the hard way
1: I think that is getting a little bit better though
2: yeah with time that, that's in the eye of the student athlete that's fair never assume because we see it the way we see it that they see it the way we see it and as far as the portal, that's why counseling is important and, but it's hard it's tough it's a tough decision going back to um
0: Scott Glenn a little bit so you are just I mean I've only known you for a short period of time about six months you're a very like wise person you have experiences and you just you're very like knowledgeable I'd like Um, to think so who was like who was the (laughs) biggest influence on your life and what made you like who helped shape you to the person you are today
2: my dad Um, there's a lot of people that played the roles like relatives and things like that coaches uh, my high school coach I still talk to today. Um probably uh, my dad. My father, um, you know, he was in the army, he was a United States Marshal. He always said, uh, keep yourself clean, do what's right. Yeah, I remember you telling him um, he said be around different people, places, situations. Don't get comfortable, don't get complacent. And always, you know, do what's right and help people. It's not always about you. Um that's that's it. He didn't do a lot of preaching and stuff. He meant what he said. Yeah. And after he said, he kind of giggled a little bit, like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're on, that's it. Now you're on your own. And you times weren't always good with me. And it, it, he didn't call me up and preach. He said, I told you what. I told you what. You, it's up to you to listen. Yeah. But it, whenever you make decisions and you look back on it, if you make a mistake, you just correct yourself. Um, you're going to make mistakes in life, and that's what makes... Now, if you make up all the time, something's wrong. <laughs> but when you make mistakes, that's what makes you better. Don't be afraid, you know, to go on, to move on, learn from it. That's part of life. You show me anybody that's successful, they're going to tell you that they made a mistake or so. Whenever you hear a perfect person who doesn't talk about mistakes, and th- be, careful.
1: be careful. Except for this case.
0: You can <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... I was thinking it.
1: <laughs> I was figured
0: it. I'd say it. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, I want. I had another question I wanted to ask. So you, you would consider yourself like kind of like famous, right? Uh, I, mean, I, can. Uh, you're, I, I, I mean, well, you're res- kind of I would deal, say
2: right? you know respected by the right people. As far as I don't want to be f- famous. Um, really? No. You don't got to be humble. You could. No, I don't want to. Exactly. If you're famous, you got to watch it. You have a lot of friends. You got to be careful. Because there's always agendas and people looking to make moves for themselves or against you, but uh, I have a lot of associates. I just love people. Um, I don't want to be famous. I don't see myself as famous. I just see see myself as using my gifts and do what I have to do in order to live, which includes helping people and enjoying it. You know, the different gifts that I have, coaching and teaching, because of my experiences, it comes easy. You know the That I have in class, I'm like, I let you guys study, and I'm gonna give you real life Mm -hmm. situations, which I know that you like. Yeah, but um, nothing like life experiences because it Mm -hmm. keeps people attentive. And the student nowadays, with the fast microwave world we live in, they don't want to hear you talk about the book stuff. They want to see what you did, right? So, like, that's why my office I have all the different things Uh. that I've done, so the students can say, "Man, this dude really practices what he preaches." And it's easier in the classroom. Am I bragging? Nah. I'm letting you know this is what I did. Enjoy it.
1: There's definitely not a lot of that today. No. Like high school, never had that. No. (laughs) They just opened a book. This is what we're doing today. (laughs) Yeah,
0: fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, I guess it's like, I don't know if I would, like, is that like a more, like, newer school style of teaching or is that like an old school style of teaching, kind of just like, um, sticking straight to the meat and potatoes and that I mean, t- some people, dressing.
2: that's what they do. I don't mock them for it. The only thing I can do, like I said, is use my gifts the way it works for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be boring, and I don't want to be bored teaching. I want us all to get an experience and enjoy it. Every class should be different now, I'm not the only teacher in my class. You guys are, too. I want to hear your stories, your experiences, all of us together, and implement it with the subject matter. Yeah. And it makes the class go by. If you participate and everybody's interested, the class goes by quick. Where if I just say open up the book. Now, online, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And to make sure everybody's there, you know, obviously, make sure you upload the work. and do. I have to do that to make sure you listen. I hated that. Doing but in between, in, in between that, I try to give you a clip or an exercise together yeah. to keep you going to make it interesting. I right?
1: guess it also matters what you teach, because a math yes. teacher can't really Yeah, give Math teacher is, and is uh, black and white, this yeah, or that, you the, know. Yeah.
2: But you still can implement stories related to what you're teaching in quantitative measures. If you're teaching something with numbers of quantitative, give them an eye catcher. Any, any class should have an eye catcher to get your attention right from the beginning, as long as it relates to the subject matter. And that's not right. hard to do analytics all of a sudden you put something on there with the philadelphia phillies who run analytics something mm-hmm. funny that they did or some that's big controversy now you got their attention with analytics then go teach a subject matter and then follow it up so whether it's quantitative or qualitative keep it interesting find a way if you're a good teacher you'll find a way to make it interesting
0: yeah i mean definitely i mean I've, you're definitely i mean like the first teacher i had that was kind of mean and potatoes this is, here's a study guide. These are the exact, this is the test. Study it. You'll take the same exact test the next week. I mean, I, I thought that was cool. what I mean,
2: I'm teaching, the, the course should be rigorous enough to take care of itself. I'm not here to fool you. And I teach you something, then you take the test. is something different. That's not teaching. That's almost like being a bully. <laughs> but the course should be rigorous itself. There's no, uh, the APA paper. I know you don't like APA, but you're going to do it. But I also know that if you do open-ended questions, you're good. I know when you do the team project, you're going to shine. We all saw that. Yeah, and that's that's outstanding. So we all have positives and weaknesses, right?
0: the highlight of my year, that presentation.
2: The presentation, you had the class's attention. And I knew you would. Even though you didn't like like (laughs) EPA. And I told you, keep pushing, you'll be all right. Because I knew when that presentation and team project came, you were going to shine. And you did. Only always. took me two panic, I had two panic attacks, and I gave the best presentation of my life. That, that was outstanding. And, that, and I, that's one of your gifts, too. And I knew that just by the way you participated in class. So if, if something that you didn't, I don't like to call it weakness. is a discipline. I don't feel like, doing, people don't feel like doing it. But it's a discipline. If you do it, it helps you in other things that you do in class. And once you start doing it, it's not that bad. So then when you do your presentation, it's freestyle. It's not really discipline, it's you. So you're getting all your teaching and learning styles out and that's what class is all about, the diversified teaching learning, whether it's hands-on, visual audio or kinesthetic hands-on, I should say, and enjoying it. Learning should be, um, learning can be fun and it should be. You got pandemics and wars and stuff. Who wants to be miserable all the time?
1: Yeah, there should be a somewhat escape from Yeah, exactly. And you're learning. Yeah. Big thing is, or are you learning? I do have a question that's not related at all to sports or mm, what we've fine. been talking about. As a former powerlifting champion, mm-hmm. okay. And after some
0: technical difficulties, we are now back with a question for all of our
1: weightlifters and our potential future powerlifters out there. As a former champion, as mentioned before the cut, where are some <laughs> tips? To gain muscle. Besides eating right.
2: <laughs> besides eating right. Well, nothing else. Start juicing. All <laughs> else, yeah, all the illegal stuff. You don't want to do anything legal. Or stuff that's legal. All the chemicals that you put in your body. It's not good for you. Especially the, the older you get. Oh, I remember when I was younger, they had creatine. And I would take creatine every while. I was like, I don't need that. You just eat a nice steak. Because you have creatine and steak. Mm-hmm. Um, drink a lot of water. Um, fruits and veggies. Um, I have a, a bullet at home. I'll drink one in the morning with spinach, bananas, mostly dark fruit. And I'll have one at night and drink a lot of water to flush all those nasty chemicals out of your body. So if you eat right, get proper rest. And when you're lifting, you don't try to lift the world, but you have proper technique. You'll get bigger depending on what you want to do. Now, if you want to get ripped or if you want to gain mass, mass you want to do a lot of compound lifts bench squats deadlifts shoulders now if you want to get ripped up you want to use less weight and do more reps so to get ripped up more reps to build mass compound lifts: bench press deadlifts squats and shoulders all right and that'll help you build the mass with your body And it'll probably be less reps but more weight yeah
0: Yep. Going back real quick to the famous Scott Glenn, Dr. Scott Glenn. So, I mean, we talk, you talking about your office. Like, you have the letter from Dabo. You're always talking about Bruce Arians, and you, your cousin is Wayne Ellington. All right, so, yeah, like I said, your cousin is Wayne Ellington, and you've been around Dabo Swinney, Bruce Arians. I mean, those are big names in, like, the sporting world. Is there something, like, that you've been able to learn from them and, like, have, like what's like the best piece of advice or biggest thing you've taken away from having conversations with those guys and just
2: being around them so much? Well, Dabo, actually, I sent him my books. He has my books. And, you know, I respect him because he knows what teamwork is and leadership. Um, As far as Coach Arians, who recruited me out of Pottstown, really got back into contact him after he went through his battle with cancer. Mm. I would talk to him and say, there's a reason why you're here. And never did I know that he would get Bruce, uh, excuse me, um, Tom Brady and go to the Super Bowl <laughs> and win. Um, one thing I'd always uh, email him or text him and say, uh, make sure you tell him that you love him. And well, at one time he said, I do in my own little way. But as the weeks passed by, I remember on TV, um, at the end he said that he loved him and it kind of touched me because he did say it. Yeah. But it's a great story because um, his foundation of how he helps people and um, beating cancer twice then coming back and having a career that extending his career because he was successful before he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So um, seeing the way different people live um, is empowering. Um, that's another thing about coaching um, coming up through the ranks of different coaches like I had in high school. College some of the coaches that I coach with, you see the good and the bad, you know, but you emphasize the good and um you try to use that in your life to make things better um for people.
1: All right. and to wrap us up, we need a story. A story funny stories. I don't even give coaching, uh playing, uh teaching, we need a story. Coaching. It could be funny, it could be what good. about sorry playing. I'll give you one.
2: Can you guys see this? yeah i see my tooth's out Listen, in 1986 down in the west virginia conference we were playing fairmont state in like a big game headed towards playoffs and i was in the eye information it was raining there was mud on the ground my mouthpiece is in on grit on my mouthpiece <laughs> in the huddle and i take my mouthpiece out in the huddle and it's bloody and the plays get a get called and it's a toss toss sweep left so i go like this take the tooth and I throw it out, put the mouthpiece in. And while I'm in the eye formation, I'll say, when I go home, I'll get it fixed. Mm-hmm. I get the toss, toss, we go about 48 yards, dive at the pylon, touchdown. And I run out, I told my coach, Coach Hill, I said, uh, I lost my tooth out there. Oh, that's okay, Scotty, we'll get it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Still going. So when I go to the dentist, every time I go, I go twice a year, I get a cleaning. They've been saying for years, you need to get that tooth fixed. <laughs> And coach like, said I'll get it and fixed. And I keep saying I'm going to get it fixed. And I'm like, you've been saying for 20 years that I need to get it fixed and nothing's happening. Coach said he got it. Right. right. Coach got it. But I'll never forget, in the huddle, I'm like, I felt, and it fucked kind on of a sore, my mouthpiece was red. And I just took it out, got back in lot <laughs> got the toss, ran to the cone, touched down, ran to the sideline of the coach. Don't worry, we'll get it fixed. Uh, you'll history. get it fixed. But um, I I can tell you so many stories. I can tell you bathroom stories about being a head coach, but I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> uh, Maybe uh, that's not. real good stories. But um, I, and my players will probably tell you some good stories as well. But um, it was a it was a blessing to coach, to play, uh, to do all the things that I did to be a Marine. You know, uh, to serve your country, and to learn the things not to take for granted. Uh, especially if you serve and then you see how here in the United States we can't get along. I think if you would serve and find out how what we have in common and why it's important, you know, to get along, because uh, there's a lot of countries that hate us. And if we understood that, I think we would want to get along together. And even being in the Marines, you have different walks of life in the beginning, but they teach us how to come together not to think about self, but to think about us. We had to, because if you didn't, somebody died. So we take a lot of things for granted. So is
1: that story. where you've learned the most as a Marine or like, did you learn a
2: lot as a coach or a professor? I would, I would. It's, it's a progression in line. For sure. Oh, for sure. Progression in line. Um, it started, you know, at home with the family, then with sports, sports kept us off the street and we had a community center. So when the school was closed on the weekend, we went to the community center. Mm-hmm. But those community centers now are gone. And I, that's bad. So there's a lot of time on your hands if you're younger to get in trouble, especially if you're not raised that way. And even if you are raised that way, you still get curious. Yeah. You know, so we, we didn't have time to get in trouble. Yeah. And we knew that athletics was our way out, you know, as far as myself. I had a brother went to the Citadel. I remember he left. He said, don't get in trouble. Keep your grades up and get out of here. My dad will always say, get out of town. Get out of town, you know. Um, Go do something for yourself and make a difference. But um, it's a progression thing. Everywhere I've been, I've learned. I had a multitude of people to help me get where I am. And therefore, that's why it's important to help other people. It's not just about me. But as far as the famous thing, I don't want to be famous. When you got a lot of friends, you better be careful. <laughs> sometimes um, that term friend is a broad term. And sometimes friends come around when they want something. Yeah. Sometimes associates come around because they don't want you to get somewhere. But if you stay focused, the right people will be there. And it's not a lot of people. Those few right people will be there. And then when it, through your success and while you're on your journey, you help people that's why I drove down here you know yeah. I see your, your show and it's you know talking to you in class and every now and then watching it on um, Instagram I'm like this is powerful this thing has feet it's going to go somewhere I don't do I want parts of it no I want to see you succeed like you did in class and when you succeed you'll help somebody else along the way while you're helping yourself Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah, we appreciate having All you. Right. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It. It's a some good, the greatest pizza, the best pizza
0: in Delaware, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Another person, I mean, we just tore up a large pepperoni pizza from our sponsor. Literally, pizza. Is there anything good. you want to plug?
1: You got Any anything? Your show? Yeah. Anything? No, yeah.
2: I I would just say um, keep looking at this show because there's some good tips on there. It's entertaining. This is very entertaining. And uh, take something to learn from it and build upon it. But look at the show. Maybe I'll be on a couple months or whatever. But um, enjoy yourselves and be safe. Thank you. Yep.
0: All of Dr. Scott Glenn's links will be in the description. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you guys next week. Later. Peace.
2: Take care.